Hello there. Welcome back. Wow, that was one hell of an episode we had last week, isn't it? It was, yeah. So much fun. So, so much, much fun. fun. 10 out of 10 IGN rates would do again. Um, uh, anyway, welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, the regular episodes, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. That's right. And today we have the, I believe the uh, 80th to the 100th minute. 60 to 60 to 60 The 60th to the 80th minutes of Attack of the Clones. Yes, we do. We've got a lot do. to uh, cover, so let's get right hey, into it. Uh, actually, before we get right into it, actually, um, I'd like to credit Jacob for this idea. In a galaxy, we'll be taking on a slightly new flavor. Imagine you got your vanilla ice cream. We're adding a couple, like, mint chips into this. Yeah, we're um, adding some swirls. We're adding some swirls into it. Jacob, explain to the lovely people out there how we're changing up a tiny, tiny bit. The memes will still be there. The memes will still be there. The comedy will still be there. But what are we adding? We're, we're trying to add a little bit more analytical, research-focused elements. Some, maybe some, some fun facts. Some, uh, some kind of questions that we have. We went out and researched them before the episode started to try and get some insights into behind the scenes and the lore a little more. So I think it's, it's going to be a positive change. And I think it's going to be fun. Remember all those questions we left unanswered, and half of them I'd have to do a future Eli on them in our actual episodes? That's not going to happen anymore. Actually, it's going to happen. At least not as much. Not as much. It's like we're going to, we're not answering all the questions we have, but we're going to answer some of them because we just thought that'd make a slightly more interesting episode because Star Wars has an in lore explanation for pretty much about anything. So, uh, yeah. So let's get into this. Um, this episode, this segment takes place primarily on two planets. Ironically, not the same two planets as last session. Um, last time we were on Naboo and Kamino. This time we're on Tatooine and Geonosis. Yes. Um, so let's just get into this. There are a lot thing. of planets in this movie. Yeah, there are. They jump around a lot. Um, especially when you go back. You know, studying for our trivia showdown thing, I watched A New Hope again. New Hope, there are two planets primarily featured, and one of them actually isn't really even a planet at all. The Death Star? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's, it's a far cry from A New Hope in this. So, um, let's, just, is, let, yeah. let's just get into this. So uh, Yeah, alright, let's do it. So, it, we start on Tatooine. What do you have for... Actually, I guess we do. We are on Camino too. Actually, in this one, but uh, Tatooine. Okay, Tatooine. Um, didn't no wait? Don't we start on um? We start on Naboo. Never mind. We start on Naboo. No, no, we start on Camino. Wait, there was no Naboo in this section. Was there? Anakin with the nightmare and Padme just for like a couple minutes. Oh. Oh yeah, uh, I, I didn't have anything about Naboo. I may have watched a different part. I'm not sure. You, Anakin with did the your nightmare. Part end ended right when um, Shmi died. Yes, of? my part ended exactly yeah, yeah, when okay, Shmi okay, died. Yeah. yeah, no. Maybe um, I started too late. I don't know. Yeah, when I when I it was literally just Anakin and Padme for like a minute talking about the vision that Anakin had, the nightmare of his mother okay. in danger. Um. So, uh, this is where some of my research kicked in, actually, with the nightmare. 
I wanted to know, like, you know, Anakin had a vision. And I know other Jedi also have visions sometimes when things are happening in the Force. You know, Luke has it in uh, in uh, ESB, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, uh, and other Jedi have visions other times, you know. I think Sifo Dyas had a vision, um, which prompted him to create the clone army. Um, and I did a little research into Jedi visions, and from what I found, Anakin's vision, even though it was real, it it didn't actually, like, it couldn't have, like, it also couldn't be real. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? There was a possibility that Anakin was just having a vision of something that could happen, but actually didn't happen. As Yoda says in, I believe it's Empire Strikes Back, you know, always in motion is the future. Um, so yeah. we really, so Anakin, you know, couldn't have had, like, his mother could have not been in danger is what I'm trying to say. Um, also, I did a little research. Did you notice that, um, or maybe you didn't because you don't remember this part, um, uh, but did you notice that when Anakin's like, I gotta go save my mother, um, the Force theme plays? Yeah, I did notice that. that. If we're talking about that section, I actually had quite a few observations. Number one, I think it's cool symbolism, the way it mirrors Luke Skywalker in the original, very original movie, kind of looking out over the same scenery in the same place, at the like at the sunset. Secondly, the shadows. When, it, when the shot goes to the shadows, kind of shows Anakin's shadow looking a little bit like Darth Vader. Yeah, to show his um, growing uh, allegiance. Yeah, that's actually what I found online. Apparently someone's done studies of the music in Star Wars, um, and whenever the Force theme plays, uh, it's, it's to signify a character's growing or present allegiance to the light of or dark side of the force. I think in Anakin's case, it's the dark side. It's the dark. Um, so, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's very, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I think we're going to do a music episode pretty soon for a special yeah. episode on In a Galaxy. So keep, uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting also how, um, the, the, it kind of, um, the, the the music kind of felt more fitting to the prequels because in the originals that um that that song was kind of usually done with like the the horns kind of you know yeah and it, it felt kind of almost uh I don't know what's word bold but in this it was done with like the all the all the um the string instruments the violins the violas the cellos and I, yeah. I thought that did a much more um I, I guess kind of um refined feeling which i thought really um less grand sort of in a way in a way kind of less grand but more refined kind of like um high culture which kind of reminded me of like the republic and i think it's very fitting for the prequels and kind of yeah i think it's very fitting for the mood and the aesthetic and the yeah, feeling of the prequels I so that. I thought that was, I don't know quite how to describe what i'm thinking but yeah no i think that was i think that cool i, I get I what think you're it was saying a cool call Cut two. Um, we're now on Kamino. First thing we see, Obi-Wan whips out his lightsaber. And here's my question. I did not research this one, so maybe you have some insight into this one. Obi-Wan okay. whips out his lightsaber because he's going to try and arrest Jango Fett. Jango Fett immediately pulls out his blasters. 
Yeah. Why does he do that? Because when you see someone pull out a lightsaber, I, th I think, I mean, they both know that they're enemies. They're, they both know kind of that they're enemies. I think that's kind of clear to both of them at that point. Like, yeah, Django, it, Django's been chased by Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's been chasing, I think it's not chasing, but he, he saw Django fight. He saw the armor. So I think it, um, it, I, it, it makes sense to me. It does seem very like, um, it does seem very, um, they have a lot of pleasantries going on between Obi-Wan and Django, which I find a little strange, uh, given that they kind of both know their enemies. It's, it's a weird, um... Well, I think they're trying to, uh, kind of play nice. Yeah. Um, I also, I gotta say, in all seriousness, though, this is the first scene in this movie that I have actually enjoyed. Like... Really? Really gotten into, I'm like... Yeah, yeah, this is good. I mean, I think the biggest law. I mean, I'm constantly saying, oh, you know, Attack of the Clones, if we just do the first 30 minutes, yeah, it's fine. Not, not the first 30, the last 30 minutes, that movie is great. But yeah. everything else, that movie kind of sucks. Um, the biggest loss, I think, of cutting everything else out other than the last 30 minutes is this scene right here. This fight... I'm tempted to say that this fight is the best fight between a Force user and a non-Force user in Star Wars, period. I think it's also one of the only fights, like, one of the only, like, major long-form fights. I have a few um, um, actually, observations about it, though. Jacob. Yeah. General Grievous. And? And anyone else. Uh... Oh, I, yeah, I wasn't really counting that because he uses lightsabers, so I wasn't thinking of him, but yeah. I, and and also, like, right. there's other stuff with Boba Fett and, like, um... Bear, bear, Boba Fett? Like, bear, not any... Boba Fett doesn't have any long-form fights yeah, like this. Yeah, I like guess a proper so. showdown. Um, I'm trying so, to think of... I guess in TV shows more, like, um... Yeah, there's more in TV shows. Cad Bane and, uh... Yeah, yeah. And, uh, what's... Who else? Cad Bane and... I guess Boba Fett in the TV shows has a lot more action than Boba Fett in the movies, especially in Clone Wars. Yeah. I thought it was, um, I thought there was something, I, I kind of was thinking about this, and there was something about the scene, the action that bugged me, and I wasn't sure what it was, and then I hit on it. Kind of, in all these action scenes in the prequels, there seems to be this weird combination um, and I think this is a pretty persistent problem, especially in the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and these action scenes. There are a lot of moments in action scenes where there there could be dialogue, or not that there there necessarily always has to be, but that there could be dialogue, and that there could be yelling or something happening. But instead, they just zoom in on someone's face, or they zoom in on an object over and over again, and it, and and it, just the effect that it has combined with. Yeah, the overall lack of dialogue in these scenes, it's its kind of jarring, I would I say. I see what you mean, but judging by the absolutely terrible dialogue of the prequels, I'm actually kind of grateful that there's, like, like I see your problem, and I, I would have that problem too, but I also kind of know in the back of my mind, I'm not actually missing any quality dialogue, you know what I'm trying to say? That's true. I It's still just kind of... Bugs no, I get it. I get it. it. You know. Yeah. Um. No. I. I totally. It's. I. Yeah. 
I also wrote, this is the most bit, this is the best bit of research I did, I think. It was really interesting. So I, you know, Obi-Wan is fighting Jango Fett on Kamino. What's a very, you know, um, very uh, prominent quality of Kamino? Well, it rains a lot. It's wet. It's rainy, yes. Um, and so I'm like, oh, Obi-Wan must have waterproofed his lightsaber. I should research that. And so I did. Um, waterproof lightsabers use something called a bifurcating cyclical, cyclical wow, bifurcating yep. cyclical and ignition pulse, which oh, yeah, uses two that. crystals yeah. to help the lightsaber work in water heavy environments. That's kind of legends, I think, but it's still kind of cool. And that so is cool, yeah. it's, it's, uh, so I, did he know he was going to go to commit? Like, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, like, did he know or did he just waterproof? Maybe things? I'd have to. I'd have to assume that all Jedi put bifurcating cyclical, cyclical ignition pulses, or all the wise Jedi have to put those things because yeah. you never really know. Because in Water War, in the um, in the like the um, the Mon Calamari arc, in Anakin the has them. Ahsoka has them. Yeah. Uh, Kit Fisto has them. You have to assume that because their yeah. lightsabers are doing completely fine in there. But I think it's interesting because. In a bunch of reference books, they like mention how Kit Fisto has, and they make it seem like it's like a special thing or something. But so Obi Wan must it's have not, it, like the standard. Yeah, Obi Wan yeah. must have it. I also I mean, love... it was probably something that was, to be honest, it was probably like retconned in because we never hear it mentioned in the movie. So yeah, probably. Probably he probably. Um, to be honest, George Lucas probably just wasn't thinking of it. But yeah, um, I also love. Um, did you notice this one? Of course, we in a galaxy love our Easter eggs. Um, and, of course, we have Jango Fett bumping his head on the door of the Slave One. Wait, we do? Yep. I... Jango Fett entering what? the Slave One bumps his head as a nod to oh the Stormtrooper who does the same in New Hope. Wow. It's great that Jango Fett has such an appreciation for the movies. You gotta <laughs> love that, you know? Jango Fett, huge like, original wow, trilogy what fan. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, yeah, no... I'm surprised you didn't. Okay, that yeah, that is that is. It it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That kind of cements Obi Wan's like I guess reputation as a troll, maybe. Oh yeah, bit, you no know? Obi Wan Obi Wan master, of, master trolling. of trolling, and we're kind gonna see that, that in uh in the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. He's so much of a troll, James. He's... I love James Arnold Taylor's portrayal of him because he makes him like the biggest troll and i think that's just yeah. it fits his character so well he recently just celebrated um his 52nd birthday james arnold taylor and i oh yeah i saw called that him on uh twitter um i'm like yeah thanks for doing all that you do for obi-wan i'm so excited to get into the clone wars because james arnold taylor although he's my probably third favorite kenobi actor the competition is stiff um you know Aren't there are only three kenobi actors yeah, but it's he's up against uh, Ewan and Alec Guinness. That's true. I mean, I mean, they're all amazing. They're in all their jobs, absolutely so incredible. Like, I know Jacob's I, more I of an Alec Guinness guy, and I'm more of an Ewan McGregor guy. But like, uh, but yeah, James Arnold Taylor, James Arnold Taylor is amazing, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, um, they're all amazing. They're all great. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so nothing about. Uh, Camino, we should probably move um, on. Let, let me to... see, let me see. Uh, I really liked, for some reason, the shots of the ship taking off were really cool. Shots of the slave one taking off. 
but I thought it was weird how many shots there were of um of like Obi Wan's lightsaber. Interesting. But I didn't it really felt like there that. were a lot of shots where it zoomed in on the lightsaber, sort of. Interesting. Maybe they're like, oh wait, you, we gotta remind them, guys, 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 guys. This is Star he lost Wars. Lost his lightsaber. No, I was gonna go with, hey, guys, 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 guys. It's Star Wars. There's actual fighting in this movie. I'm sorry, we've been doing a lot of the romance sand stuff, and I'm sorry about that. But this is Star Wars. Remember that. Um, I don't know. That's that's always what I come back to with this movie. Is it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie because there isn't. Up until the end, that much action in it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, so, uh, then, then Anakin and Padme venture off to Tatooine. Um, since Tatooine and Geonosis happen kind of at the same time, like, we flash back between the first half of Geonosis and all of Tatooine, Maybe we should do what we did in episode 18. Can we um, talk about the chase first, maybe? Because that feels like the logical... Okay, yeah, let's do the chase. After Camino. So the chase. What, what do you think about it? Yeah, I was about to... Uh, uh, there, here's one more thing of my research, and then I'll hand it over to you with the chase, because I can see you have stuff to talk about with the chase. But I actually did some research about this, because I was asking myself, so you know that ring that Kenobi has and all the Jedi have for going to hyperspace? Yeah, the hyperspace ring. Yeah, I'm like, so we don't see that in the original trilogy and sequel trilogy. I know why, because, you know, that wasn't thought of in the original trilogy, and they just didn't carry it on to the sequel trilogy, because, you know, if the original trilogy doesn't have it, why would the sequel trilogy have it? Um, yeah. But I wanted to get an in-universe answer. Um, and the, the funny thing is, I couldn't actually find a good answer. The one thing I could tell was, oh yeah, around the time of the original trilogy... Single-person starfighters just started to have hyperdrives in them. Really? Wow. That's literally that's literally all I could find is, yeah, they just started having hyperdrives in them. That's interesting, because I feel like you don't really see a lot of technological development in Star Wars. It feels static. But if that's actually canon, that's, a, that's, an, interesting, that's an interesting observation. It is. I just, like, it's, it's a little weird for me, but, like, because, like, Oh yeah, around the original trilogy, they just kind of started to have starfighters. Well, what was preventing them before? That would be a really interesting. Probably would... the, the technology, I would assume. Yeah, maybe I don't. What I, don't I know. thought was interesting was I just realized that the Slave One is the only vertical ship in Star Wars. But I actually researched it and I found a good wait, reason. No, Apparently, no, wait, wait, wait. What? The Colossus from Resistance. What? The okay, Colossus well... from Star Wars Resistance is a vertical ship, technically. I do not watch resistance but okay you're gonna have I'm to sure take that my if word i did i would have seen the colossus so yeah also boba fett a 10 year old kid and he knows how to fly a spaceship that is he probably learned from his dad you know yeah but like man jango fett i i can't tell like do you think he's raising them do you think he's raising boba right he's either raising boba extremely right or extremely wrong i'd go with wrong opinion. because jang because jango fett doesn't seem like like even din jared doesn't seems seem like, like a, a very, better uh, parent than jango he doesn't fett. seem like a very approachable guy Did, maybe, even maybe din it's a mandalorian jared, thing yeah even din jared seems like a better parent than jango fett that's a good point <laughs> i mean honestly though how bad of a parent can you be when you have baby yoda as a kid 
pretty bad, as Din Djarin shows us. I don't think so. But anyway, I, I do like um, the fact... I don't know if you noticed this, but um, but in that chase... Uh, uh, in the ch- in the chase with Boba... Uh, with, uh, sorry, Django and Kenobi... Did you notice the thing with uh, the uh, with when Django hidden an asteroid and then yeah, Obi Wan? That was pretty and, cool. And did you realize what it was a callback to? Oh, it was a callback to him clinging on the outside of the. Star it was. Destroyer. It was a no. It was a callback that. to Boba waiting in an asteroid for Han in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, and, you oh you mean that part? Oh, I, I yeah, wasn't sure. Yeah, and Boba would remember the trick because his father pulled it on that scoundrel's best friend's mentor small galaxy small galaxy we're talking about boba for a second though the boba is like boba is a psycho like he he sees are you talking about get him dad get him fire okay. okay yeah in my opinion there's a few weird things going on there um first of all Boba is a sadist or something. Oh, absolutely. Like, Boba is totally a sadist. He's, he's crazy. But that's only because Django is a sadist. Yeah, that's true. Secondly, secondly, he's like, get him. his voice is so high, but he's trying to, it sounds like he's trying to sound tough. He's like, get him, dad, get him, yeah. He, when, 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 when they think Obi-Wan is dead, Boba goes, ha, 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 yeah. That's just so, that, that is disturbing to me. No, and that then Django really plays disturbing. along with him. Well, we won't be seeing him again. I know. Oh my gosh! Like, how are you raising your son? Not but, great. But of course, Star Wars has always had questionable father figures. Yeah. Another thing about the thing. I, another thing about the um. I just realized about the fight scene. If we can go back to that for a sec, it's very inconsistent and a little confusing to me. What lasers make explosions and what don't? Because Boba Fett fires a rocket, right, and that makes an explosion, which Obi Wan handles very well for the fact that you mean a, a rocket launcher just exploded three feet from his face. Did you mean Django, or was that? Oh uh, yeah, I meant Django. I meant Django. And then he shoots the um. Once he gets on board, he shoots the the main laser cannons at um. At um uh, Obi Wan, and they make the exact same kind of explosion. And then, I guess not in them, but in the Clone. That's interesting because in the Clone Wars, um, the, those laser cannons when they're fired at Grievous in the episode with the the Pate ones, the um. They don't make an explosion. The same laser cannon. So I think it's interesting. The um, there, there there seems to be an inconsistency in Star Wars of what laser of which like laser weapons generate like fiery explosions versus just go into the surface and kind that of that is interesting. I think don't do anything. Some of them are relevant to the plot. I think some of them aren't relevant to the plot. <laughs> yeah, definitely not very relevant to the plot. But still, anyway, something yeah. that was worth so, bringing up. Um, also, we get um, what I call the Haldo maneuver before the Haldo maneuver, uh, the seismic charge. Um, that yeah. was some cool sound design. That is some awesome sound design. It is pretty right awesome. Right there. Uh, I love that. I The only thing that beats, in my opinion, is actually the Haldo maneuver, which is awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but I really do like those seismic charges. Um, I've always liked those. Those are really cool. It was another great um, man. It was another. It was another great thing. But I also find it kind of. Um, I I also found that scene kind of um, irksome to watch, the way it um 
like like again, the same thing the way it kept cutting back and forth it had the same problem where no dialogue but it kept like cutting back and forth and it was just kind of jarring yeah. and um i almost want to say like like frustrating to watch yeah like it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense to me but oh well yeah um you know, i know i get that um it is and- what it is that's all I have for that, um, the, the chase between Django and Obi-Wan. Do you have anything? Um, not, not really, nothing I researched. So, then, we're, we're to Tatooine, a location so popular that out of the 12 Star Wars movies, it's in seven of them. In seven? Wow. Yeah, it, it, of all the theatrical Star Wars movies, episode one, it's in episode one, that's one. It's in episode two. It's in the Clone Wars movie. It's in Revenge of the Sith. It's in A New Hope. It's not in Empire Strikes Back, but it is in Return of the Jedi. Not Force Awakens. Not Rogue One. Not Last Jedi. Not Solo, but Rise of Skywalker. So there's seven. It was in Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, very end. What? Rey goes to Tatooine. The Lars Homestead. Here's my unpopular opinion for this. Take, are you ready for this? Yeah. Silver C-3PO sucks. Gold C-3PO is the only C-3PO I'm accepting. That's unpopular? I don't know if it's unpopular. It just might be controversial. I guess. But maybe, anyway. maybe just strongly held. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't like silver C-3PO. What, why don't you like silver? What do you, what do you, he just uh, doesn't look, like I don't know. I just, just, he doesn't look like C-3PO. He looks like oh, another okay. droid. That's what it is. It, he l- does not look like C-3PO. looks like another droid. I think he looks like C-3PO, but silver. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> never really liked silver C-3PO. Um, yeah, that's fine. But anyway, uh, of course, we meet the Lars. Um, Owen and Baru, played by Joel Edgerton and Bonnie P.S. There's actually a rumor floating around for a long, long time that Joel Edgerton has been approached to return as Owen Lars in That would be pretty crazy. Um, and that would be pretty cool. Jacob, uh, so we learned that Shmi Skywalker was captured. Jacob, how was Shmi Skywalker captured? She was, uh, harvesting mushrooms. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. And yes, I'm going to be forever salty about that. It's fine. I, 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 I was trying to make that one hard. I wasn't. No, I, I know it was, I just like, I, I didn't realize it was going to be the episode after we recorded the trivia thing. And so when I watch that, I'm like, yeah, that hurts. You're like, oh, no. Yeah, that hurts really bad. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't worry. I Rip. was, I was going me- to mention something about Matt Wood, but I decided not to because. <laughs> yeah. And then we get, um, it's interesting that it isn't a, doesn't Duel of the Fates play while Anakin rides across the desert? Yes, it does, which is very oh, good. It's Duel of the Fates. I, I thought that was a cool, um, I was slightly confused as to why they chose that, but, um. Oh, I think it's pretty, actually, it's actually pretty, um, straightforward why they chose that. Anakin's fate is yeah. tied to this moment. The decisions he makes directly before during and after he finds his mother dead will determine literally everything for the next 20 25 years you mean like uh do i go on a genocidal rampage do i give into my anger do i go on a murderous rampage or do i or do i do what a jedi does or do i behave like a normal person that's how i see it yeah 
Um, also, I found it odd. His like, oh, I'm gonna slaughter them all. Ooh, ha, 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 ha. I, I wanna, I wanna step back a little bit. Um, okay. I, I wanna step back a little bit. Two things about this. Um, that are interesting that I did a little research about. Number one, I wanted to know what happened to Klieg Lars, so I looked it up. There's no canonical answer of None. what happened to Klieg Lars, but there is a Legends answer, which I like, and I'm what going to it? assume. In Legends, two years after this, so that's two years into the Clone Wars, he dies of a broken heart and injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Which is... Um, that seems like that's sad. It's sad, but it's fitting, I think. Um, yeah, it is. He lost the will to live. He lost the will. That's why it's the Skywalker thing. I know that. How is Klieg related to Padme? Let's see. Step father in law. That makes sense. Stepfather in law is what I'm going with. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. That's 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 really good. Um. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's these Skywalker things. Dying of broken. This is really cool. I, I like this. Um, in Legends, I'm 99% sure. I'm actually, I didn't actually look this up. Um, but uh, in Legends, I'm pretty sure it was very, um, it was revealed in Legends that Dooku actually hired the Tusken Raiders to kidnap Anakin's mother. Bro. That actually makes a lot of sense, I think. Which I think should be canon, because um, it would be great. Um, it would be one more step in the sinister Palpatine plan. Um, yeah, so... Plan Patine. Plan Patine. Moral of the story, do not hire Palpatine to plan your wedding or birthday party or anything. Also, uh, that's a reference... I just made a reference to... Super, uh, channel called Super Carlin Brothers, who I love, do Harry Potter and Star Wars videos. Go check them out. Don't hire Voldemort to plan your wedding. Um, uh, also, don't hire Palpatine to plan your wedding. But anyway, uh, anything else on Tatooine, just specifically not Geonosis? No, nothing for Tatooine. I have stuff for Geonosis, but no. Not, not yeah, Tatooine, I have stuff so. for... Actually, one more thing. Did you notice that when Anakin is sneaking into the Tusken Raider camp, you know, you know that shot where he's up above, right? Yeah. You hear very deep and loud drums. You do hear deep and loud drums. The same drums that played when Maul is stalking Qui-Gon right before he kills him. When Qui-Gon's meditating. Really? Those are the same drums. Whoa. Sinister intentions. Boom. Uh, yeah. Uh... So, Geonosis, what do you got? I have some stuff. Um, first off, a question that doesn't really have an answer. How does Dooku not sense Obi-Wan when they're right there? My answer to that is, it's a very flimsy answer. I have a very flimsy answer to that, which is, okay. he was preoccupied. Yeah, that's that's pretty flimsy, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's pretty flimsy, I, I agree. That's the best answer I can come up with. There's no good reason that Dooku doesn't sense Obi-Wan there, but Maul in Season 7 of The Clone Wars senses Ahsoka through a hologram in the Martez arc. 
Remember that? That, that part for me, that the thing where he senses him through the hologram, that just like, that's just like what that that makes no sense whatsoever. I've, okay, side tangent. I've always been a little confused about how holograms work because it seems like you know the whole three dimensional thing, like, and it's like you can look around the room and 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 just all this stuff that doesn't make sense about how they work and how you can be big or small or like. This is actually hilarious. I'm pretty sure I heard this exact same conversation happening on an episode of Kessel Run Radio with uh, Noah Outlaw and Corey Van Dyke, which is it's a it's a really cool podcast. They were the one to. Uh, to, they have really good sources too. They have a, they have, were able. They were the one who announced the Lando thing. Oh, um, okay. They were the one. They have really cool sources, and they're also just like a discussion podcast. In the first episode of their podcast, I want to say not the first episode, not um, but they were doing a season seven episode review, and they were literally talking about this exact thing with uh, holograms and how they work. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense how Maul detects Ahsoka. Yeah. Through the force or just any other thing where you can like look around the room or you like the scaling of it like and 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 just being able to see i it um yeah i i would say for that just suspend disbelief yeah suspend suspend disbelief disbelief. for that um and so tuka's gathering leaders from all over the galaxy who want out of the republic we have of course nuke gunray because nuke gunray follows on Along with any sinister intentions, Shumai, <laughs> Possel Argente, and Apollo the Lesser, and my personal favorite. You know who I'm going with. What? Tambor. Feel so bad for what Tambor. He gets like, he just gets embarrassed. The whole, whoa, 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 we gotta whoa. play the Techno Union meme. Techno Union meme. What's the Techno Union meme? You don't know. You were the one who sent the know. Techno Union meme to me. I, I don't know the Techno Union meme anymore. Oh, the Techno Union. Oh my god. No, I've no, I'm I'm I've completely forgotten what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Oh my god, you sent me this meme. This meme is fire. Oh my god. I'm 99% sure you were the one who sent me that meme. Yeah, I think that I meme is for fire. Sake. Oh my god, what we will leave the link to that in the description of the podcast. The techno Union. The Techno Union. <laughs> with real well, Techno Union. Obi-Wan escapes music. with minimal hearing damage. Oh, Oh my like gosh, then the whole does. thing starts, the roof starts falling apart. <laughs> There's such generic names. Like, I get that they're trying to get that the, I get that they're trying to say that it's. They're yeah, but Commerce Guild, interests. Corporate Alliance, and Banking Clan all sound like the exact same thing. And there's also one called like the, it's not mentioned in the movie, but there's one called the, uh, like the, the retail consortium or something, right? Retail caucus. The retail caucus. Yeah. The retail caucus. That's it. So there's the retail caucus, the corporate alliance and the commerce skill. And the banking clan all sound like wow. the exact same thing. Wow. That is definitely not, um, definitely not, um, at all, uh, Redundant. No, not absolutely not. Super original. Super, Super original. original. Absolutely, 100%. Um, also, in the back, I don't know if you noticed this uh, sort of Galaxy of Heroes Easter egg. Um, Sun Fak is there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sun Fak is there. 
Um, he's Paul Gobelesser's chief lieutenant and an instrumental tank to the Geonosian squad in Galaxy of Heroes. <laughs> and given your recent history with Geonosians, I think you'd know that. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I only have a couple more things. Do you have anything about Geonosis or... Yeah, do you have anything about what we see on Geonosis? No, not really. Okay, so we gotta reference this final plot point, of course. Anakin goes into that Tusken Raider camp, and the tent, Which I meant tent, me. and finds his, finds his mother dead. Wow. Uh, and Genuinely. It, and the segment we watched very literally moment. ends, the second it ends, is Shmi dying in Anakin's arms, which is absolutely heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little nitpicky. It is a little, it feels a little overblown, maybe. Though, of the course, way she, of, like, of like, course, Ooh. um, of so course, like, uh, uh, she uh, dies uh, the classic Star Wars character death. Head back and done. Yeah. And the way she's kind of like, <laughs> and there's all yeah. these death battlings, just like, oh, it goes on and on. It, it's, it takes you out of the moment a little genuine, bit. It takes you out of the moment, I think, but a it little is genuinely bit. really sad. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see Hayden Christensen got a little more emotional, but you know, he did his best. It wasn't really his fault what happened to him. And yeah. Um I I feel like obviously it's very sad. Yeah. That being said, did he what's have to go about full to happen maniac next? mode, full mass murderer mode? Yeah, what's about that. to happen next is even worse. Uh, which is that is that the sand people tuscan raider massacre yep um hey, that was what i was referring not to. just the men but the women and the children too oh god that's everything i have for this episode and i think probably that's everything you have for this episode um yeah i think yeah. that's it uh thanks for watching in a galaxy our next episode will be chugging along as usual We'll be watching the 80th to 100th minute of Attack of the Clones. Uh, we only have two more watch sessions for Attack of the Clones, believe it or not. Wow. Um, it's 80 to 100 and then 100 to 136. Uh, so, yeah, that's crazy. Um, make sure to, you know, do all the stuff. Uh, follow us on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. We are at In a Galaxy Pod. Email us. We're at SW. We're SWInAGalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, Jacob, you want to uh, outro us out, I guess you could say? And may the force be with you. That was perfect. Okay, see you guys <laughs> later.